Hey, hey, welcome to Horns Up. I'm Animesh. And I'm Pedo. And yes, you read that episode title right. It's a chat with Cult of Luna's guitarist and vocalist Johannes Persson. Fans of the band would know that they've got a new EP, The Raging River, that releases via the band's very own new label, Red Creek. Peter, now, I read a comment that pegs Cult of Luna as the last hope for the modern post-hardcore scene. Do you concur? I don't know. I mean, I don't want to be like one of those genre-specific or like, you know, being too strict on them. I don't know if Cult of Luna I would categorize as post-hardcore. I mean, post-metal would make sense to me. But, uh, you know, with a band like theirs whose sound, you know, constantly evolves and you'd see it on their new release also, right? It's really tough to peg them under any subgenre, if I would say. Whatever it is, it's Cult of Luna. Now, fans of the band may also know that Johannes is not an easy interview. He does do a lot of press and it's, well, it's a challenge to make a chat with him worth his time. Did we manage to do that? Well, listen on and find out. Here we fucking go. Hey there, Johans. How are you doing today? Ah, oh, yes. I'm, I'm fine. Finally, I, I got the kids to bed. So uh, now um, I have a few hours of, of, uh, of own time, as we say here in Sweden, when parents get, 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 get a few hours off from the parenting. Uh, <laughs> So I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Perfect. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Let's begin with a simple question. Uh, 22 years, 14 members, 8 albums, 6 EPs, 3 live albums, 3 video albums, and 2 audio books later. Do you still enjoy being interviewed? Oh! Uh, yeah, that, I, sure. Yeah, you, you made your, your, your research, at least. Um, you know more than me. Uh, well, yes and no. Um, but it's no different from, uh, you know, in the beginning of our career, um, because I do, I do enjoy doing interviews when I'm not bored with them. Uh, (laughs) so, so you, you caught me on a, on a, uh, in a good mood because you're the first one I have to do today. Uh, and, and to be quite honest, um, like I have no problem. Like today, I have I'm going to do interviews for two hours, and, and and that's pretty much my limit for how long I can keep uh, my mind sharp. After that, I'm, my mind starting to drifting away, and uh, so these long like press days, yes. I, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of those, but I do enjoy. It's bit like some interviews can be very rewarding, uh, and and just. Uh, I mean, sometimes you learn stuff, and sometimes interviews make you think. So it all depends who do, who do them. I mean, look, it's very obvious sometimes when when a journalist has got the assignment to do can you do a cult of luna interview and they know nothing which and they just it's basically you know the standard questions uh those i can do without um (laughs) uh you know people that are not aware of us in any way 
Um, and like, I'm, I'm not blaming them. I mean, every yeah, yeah, but 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 they're not that you know fun to do. We'll try our best to keep it interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it and it's actually it's not that hard. Uh, <laughs> just um, put in some effort into it. <laughs> it's the first time for us, obviously, interviewing you. But is this the first for you being interviewed by a couple of Indians? Yes, I was. I, I was actually a bit surprised, and and uh, well, pleasantly surprised. Um, I have not. I, I I don't think I ever done an interview with any Indian. Uh, well, any Indian media in any form or shape uh, at all before. Uh, however, like I've, I've I've started to hear a lot about uh, like that there is some kind of metal scene in India that, you know, uh, there's some festivals and all that. I had some friends that went over and played. Um, so, yeah, things are apparently happening there too, of course. Mm-hmm. Yes, they very much are. So, no, that's a pleasant surprise. What can you tell me about what's going on in India right now? Oh, well, apart from the lockdown and getting started on vaccinations etc oh, yeah. etc not 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 much musically i mean we've had a fair share of metal etc but yeah it's it's weird uh the metal scene as such while it's growing in terms of listeners it's not yeah. really growing in terms of live music or popularity anyways we are yeah. here to talk about your ep so peter take it away you know, we'll try and stay away from the usual questions, but I must ask this about your new EP, uh, The Raging River. On the third track, right, which is uh, Inside of a Dream, it features yes. the voice of Mark Lanigan of Screaming Trees. So, you know, how did you get him to feature on the track? And if you could, what was that feeling like when you first heard his vocals on top of your music? Um, I mean... <clears throat> I've been a fan of Mark uh, for a long time, and we uh, and I listened to. I mean, yeah, I, I was aware of Screaming Trees and Mad Season and and uh, his collaboration with Queens of the Stone Age and and all that stuff. But what really got me hooked to his own work was uh, the album Bubblegum. Uh, that came out in 2005 or four, um, and I listened to that almost religiously. Um, and at that time, we we were writing our own album, uh, which would later end up being somewhere along the highway. We had a song there that the working title was actually the Mark Lanigan song or the Lanigan song, and uh, but we were, you know, it was not even up for discussion to make a serious attempt to get him to do it. Um, uh, and uh, um, this song, uh, inside of, well, that's now called Inside of a Dream, it was recorded during the Adontis to, to Fair session. And when we got back to, uh, when we started reworking the songs that would end up on the EP now, um, we talked about what kind of vocals that would fit, um, 
um, it was just normal discussion that you know, we have on every song. You know, what what should we add? How should we arrange it? And I just said half jokingly, half half a joke, half that's fun. Um, uh, you know, half serious, half fun, half joke, half serious uh, <laughs> about you know maybe this is a song where Mark is going to sing finally after fifteen years, and I just sent a text message to our manager and asked him if he knew anyone that you know worked with Mark and he knew his manager really well, uh, so it was that boring kind of you know. Communication with managers, talk to managers, um, and that's too boring to talk about. But uh, after a while, uh, he listened to the song, he agreed, and we got in, in direct contact with each other. And so he sent me an email. Uh, I can't. Well, and, and, and I, it, I took it took me a while to answer it. It took me maybe a week. Because I had a lot of things to do at that point, and I, uh, I and I wanted to write a really good answer to him, uh, thanking thank him for doing it, and um, and also you know asking him if he wanted to write the lyrics or if I wanted should write the lyrics or if um, uh, and I I wrote some ideas of how I like my ideas of how to arrange the vocals uh, but I told him like you can do whatever you want of course and I got an answer really quick and he said that yeah I, I recorded the I recorded the the vocals the same day I got the track I really enjoyed it unfortunately I can't do any retakes because I've I've, 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 I've torn down the studio and moved from the house I hope you like it if you don't I enjoy doing it, and then I listened to it, and man, I mean, he can do no wrong, obviously, um, and it was, it's still a bit surreal, to be quite honest, um, but yeah, he, and, and that that's one thing that I like um, working with people I normally don't work with, is that they do stuff that I would never think of, you know, mm -hmm. it, th and that's the good thing about doing a collaboration is that you bring your own stuff into it. Uh, and it's the same thing. We did a, 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 an album with, uh, Julie Christmas and same thing there. We, 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 we wrote the music and she, we had no control over how she would have done or how she did the lyrics. Uh, do the vocals um, and so when we got the track back tracks back um, you know it was like listening to somebody else's music because it turned out completely different or maybe not completely different but very different from how it would have sounded if we would have you know arranged the, the vocals um but yeah so so it's it's not any it, it ends up not really your song anymore which is great and you can listen to it more as an observer than actually a, as a writer fantastic i make by what you said i think 
uh, everything just worked out absolutely fine and to the best of your liking. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's um, yeah, like I said, it's a bit it's still a bit a uh, bit surreal to listen to it. And to be quite honest, I haven't listened to this to any of the songs in quite a while. Um, I'm I'm gonna wait until it's released. <laughs> I had the test press, I had the test press of the vinyl, but I don't have it uh, in any di- digital format. So and I like listening to my own. To, to our stuff um, with some distance to it uh, because you work with it so intensely and you um, start listening to details and everything. But if you listen to it with, um, if you take a break for a couple of months and you go back to it, you can actually listen to it more as a listener than the, the writer. Again, it, it, it's uh, I, I, I need distance to everything. I think. <laughs> so when you do eventually listen to it, do you end up finding that one flaw which you hope nobody else will detect and only concentrate on that? <laughs> uh, no, because I, I like those flaws. Um, I think that's one thing I've learned through all these years and albums and recorded music is that um, at the beginning we overproduced stuff uh, at least in my opinion like the, the first or well, the second album when we like the first album when we had a proper uh, record label behind us and we had a lot of studio time um, we tried to make everything perfect but I think that though all these perfect recordings um, like it's all a matter of taste, of course, but I'm more a fan of like trying to capture a moment because if they sound perfect, they can be recorded or now it could have been recorded five years ago or in five years time, it would sound almost the same. But all these small flaws uh, make the recording more uh, alive, so to speak. So. Uh, usually, I, I probably just do one or two takes with the guitars, and I say, "This is what you what you get uh, to our <laughs> uh, well recorder, uh, the guy that recorded music. Like, this is what you get. It's not going to be any better than this." Um, and um, yeah, that's that's how, how we have worked uh, for the last couple of of, of of records and albums. All right, so. If I may ask now, maybe since it's been some time uh, since you've heard the songs. So at this point, what's your favorite song of the EP and why? Uh, it's too it's too early to <laughs> choose. Um, I mean, once I, I think one thing that I like about the whole EP is that it's quite diverse in terms of... Uh, song structures and and the way we do it we have experimented a bit like the end piece um wave after wave mm-hmm. which is it came out from an idea of just making a song out of noise uh 
so it's not like uh, the typical Cult of Luna song. And it, I mean, then we reworked it, and, and it turns out, I mean, it's still us that that does it. So it's gonna sound like Cult of Luna anyway. But um, it was a, a bit of an experiment. Um, I do like Three Bridges um, because it was written very, very fast, uh, just in a matter of days. Um, and when I say days, it sounds like it took days to write it. No, but it was during the span of, of a couple of days. Um, we written really fast, and I think that the end result was still very good um, in some ways. But uh, yeah, uh, I like that. But, you know, inside of a dream, I mean, it, it, it will always... That will always be a special song <laughs> for, for the reason we already talked about. Um, so, yeah. But it, it's too early. I think I need to ask me again in a, in a in a year. Yeah. So between "Inside of a Dream" and Three Bridges," if there was one song that we play for our listeners, which one should it be? Well, I think maybe uh, Three Bridges" because it's um, it's more representative for how the band sounds um, in uh, yeah. Well, in general, fantastic.
So now let's talk a little bit about the other big talking point here, new label, Red Creek. Uh, don't get me wrong here. Would the Raging River, your latest DP, exist if it wasn't for Red Creek, which is your newly created record label? And the reason for this question is because the press release and largely the communication around this EP talks more about Red Creek Records rather than the music itself. And even when talking about the music, the quote says that this EP feels more like a bridge. It's a midpoint that needs to be crossed so we can finish what we started with 2019's and Don't Remember. And I interpreted that as, hey, we've made this and it's now out of our system. And whoop de doo we can launch our label with it. Here you go, listen to it. Is this a case of me being too narrow-minded? Uh, there was a lot of questions in that. <laughs> uh, uh, no, th- th- this is um, um, this is how if we try to connect, because you're not wrong, but you're not completely right. Uh, yeah. The thing is, uh, we, we we have talked about having uh, a more on a platform uh, for ourselves for quite a while. We actually did like uh, we did release two seven inches and uh, the the book you uh, uh-huh. mentioned earlier on our own label. But the problem is with uh, having our own label is that it takes a lot of time and effort to get it off the ground and and uh, also a lot of knowledge which we obviously didn't have at the time. Um, and uh, and to reconnect this, to the quote about how this, this EP feels like a, a bridge between wh- where we are or, or where we were with uh, Adon Fear and where we're, we're going, it's basically because it's an ongoing, ongoing process. It's not like the previous albums where uh, we have... We always base that around, like every album ha- have had its own narrative or a story that we have wanted to tell, and we have based our writing, our like recording, pre- the, the, the production, the arrangement, the artwork, everything around the theme, um, up until the Dawn to Fair, when we kind of started working more intuitively. Um, and most of these songs that you hear in this EP, they were already... I wouldn't say finished because that was the problem, but they were very close to being finished when we recorded a Dawn to Fair. Uh, but sometimes when you start working in the studio, you feel that some songs, they haven't really lived up to their full potential and they need to be reworked in order to work at all. So we had all these, I mean, we wrote a lot of music and we recorded a lot of music. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were all, just lying around waiting for us to come back to them. And we were still like writing new stuff. So I would say if it wasn't for the involuntarily involuntary uh, break that we got with mm-hmm. the current situation we're in, um, where we had to cancel like everything in the summer and the tour that we had planned, it gave us time. It gave us time to to do all these things we need to do in order to create a label. It gave us time to go back and like rewrite the songs. Um, so they're all part of, of I mean, it's, it, 
it was two plans to co that coincided thanks to the extra time that we got. That that's basically it. Cool, makes sense. Okay, uh, the Red Creek website chooses to sort artists alphabetically, but at the moment there's only Cult of Luna on that page. Yeah. So how does a band get to be a part of the Red Creek roster? What are you looking for? Nothing in particular. Okay. I, what motivates me um, to uh, to create a label is that uh, I've come to uh, um, uh, a point where I feel like I really want to help other other artists that don't get the recognition that that they deserve, and it doesn't have to be metal at all. I just want to be able to release good music, mm. uh, good music that I enjoy myself and that that I think and I hope that other people will enjoy. Um, and it, it's basically like um, it, it will be hopefully. Uh, a home for artists that will get and, and, and as we have come from from that side of of the music industry uh, we would like it, it should be a home for artists where we have an artist perspective this will not be a, a, a company that we will be financially dependent on so we we hopefully will be able to able to, to provide better deals like financially with with um, w with the artists that we work with, um, I just uh, we will see. I mean, we have people have provided us with demos, and we're not really there yet to sign to sign other bands just yet. We have a couple of releases that we will be that is planned for two thousand and twenty one, which will be safer safer. You know, releases that we know there is. Well, that 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 will be be um, that we will not lose money on. So the plan is okay. to, to to build up uh, some kind of a financial um, backing so that we can afford to lose money or just afford to take chances. For example, um, cool. That's one thing I've learned that that. You need a whole lot of money to get a a, um, <laughs> a label going. So we, we we're <laughs> happy that we have a band like Cult Luna that that actually we know that we're going to help us out with with, with the finance for maybe the next couple of of releases. Awesome! That that's great to hear. So just a question I wanted to ask about your songwriting. I mean, I read that you know you keep writing every day. And your writing method is is described is that you push through the moments like where you get stuck. So uh, what I wanted to know, how do you know that you've like reached a point where you know you're ready to present the songs to the rest of the band? Um, it's it's a boring answer because it's just gonna be you 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 feel or I feel it. It's just it's it's a feeling. <laughs> That, that is hard to, to put in you know, concrete ter terms. It's more of a, when it feels like it feels like I'm playing a cover, you know, when it feels like somebody else have, have written it. 
And that, <laughs> that's when it's done. That's cool. Your yeah. old-fashioned gut instinct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So, um, largely the final question then. In an old interview where you were questioned about your hardcore punk roots, you said, and I quote, I'm physically over 40, but my mind is still 16. Yeah. Would you say that's still your mindset? Uh, in some sense, yeah. Okay, in what in, sense? What have mean, your roots taught you that's still relevant today? Yes, absolutely, definitely. And, and I, I think um, it's been very apparent now because I moved, I moved back to my old, uh, the city that, that I uh, grew up in. Um, and uh, I, I've, I've lived in Stockholm for 15 years and I moved back to this small city in, in, in the north of Sweden. And I realized that everybody has grown up. They're all adults. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> if that's how it feels. Um, but I, look, I'm, I'm not 16. I have way more experience and I hopefully I've grown a bit, but still, it, it, it's still like, I, I still look, um, watch my fingers play the guitar and it looks exactly like 20 years ago. I had the same feeling exactly like 20 years ago. It's just that, um, hopefully I will be young until I die, at least mentally. <laughs> and, and, don't that be was, and that was a reference to the seven seconds uh, song. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, before we let you go, I mean, considering that you'll keep writing so much, I must ask what's next for Cult of Luna? I mean, I'm very curious to know, have you already start working on your next full length album? Mm, we'll see. I mean, I write all the time. That's the only answer I can I, I, I can give. And, and look, I'm not the only songwriter in the band. Um, so we have we are fortunate to have a lot of talented musicians and writers in the band. And um, so yeah, hopefully. But I, like I don't know. You 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 don't know until you know, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But we 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 have a tour coming up in uh, October. Um, hopefully, hopefully, yeah, hopefully, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you never know, but that's that's the plan. And if that doesn't happen, we'll 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 tour um, uh, at some other point. But uh, until then, we're gonna keep writing and keep doing stuff and keep keep hanging out as friends. That that's that that's the best answer I can give. Fantastic. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Johan. I hope we kept it interesting for you. Yes, it actually was. And, and uh, you were lucky to, to, to be... Uh, uh, like, yeah, I've done two interviews today, but that, that was a couple of hours ago, so I'm still fresh in my head, I hope. <laughs> awesome, awesome. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Pushing 40 but staying 16 mentally, would you ascribe to that thought, Peter? something to live by yeah that's definitely something i would want to live by man i mean who doesn't want to live as a 16 year old you know diving headfirst into metal and i don't know that's kind of for me at least 16 is one of those years i'll always look fondly upon because that's when i kind of 
dove headfirst into extreme metal and hey here i am two decades later still in love with the subgenre as much as i can i'd actually like to have my experience and my current pattern of thought etc but with the energy of me at 16 anyways what about all of you dear listeners let us know you know where to find us it's www.hauntsupport.com or on the twitter machine at hauntsupport i'm adasmo ani and i'm at trend crusher and this is hauntsup hauntsup guys <laughs>